in spite of all the bad that's going on, the mess we're living in, I've got some good news. I want to announce to you that today Roxanne Carson had her brain scan and it came back clear of cancer. Can we give God praise? Come on, give him some praise. Come on. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. This is what I was preaching Sunday night. It's time for the church to be victorious, to have some victories. In the midst of all this mess, we can still have revival right in the midst of it. God's doing a work in our lives, and we want to make sure we always give him praise for it. He's worthy to be praised. And I think that's just a great, great way to start off our prayer devotion tonight. Brother Mike's going to come tonight and bring it forth. But we always start with giving God praise. Hallelujah. Brother Mike, would you welcome him? Amen. It's a good life living for the Lord, ain't it? Amen. God's good, man. He's doing things all over the world, ain't he? And I'm glad to be right smack dab in the middle of it. Even in 2020, 2020, excuse me, I got a uh, little thing I want to read you. It's not a joke, but I just kind of give you a food for thought. Let's just do it that way. When a bird is alive, it eats ants. And there's been a lot of ants this year, ain't they? Yeah, a lot of people's had them. Well, when a bird is alive, it eats ants, and when a bird had died, ants eat the bird. One tree can make a million matchsticks, but only one matchstick is needed to burn a million trees. Circumstances can change at any time. Don't devalue or hurt anyone in this life. You may be powerful today, but time is more powerful than you. It's a little food for thought there. God's good to us, isn't he? If you got your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 24? I'll not hold you very long because I know this is prayer meeting, and uh, I told myself today that uh, we'll just, you know, keep her nice and neat. Brother Randy has a stopwatch that he keeps an eye on me for. So, uh but man, I'm, I, I say this all the time, and I, and I just don't say it to hear my brain rattle, but I'm glad to be living in this day and age in which I'm living in. I'm glad that for whatever reason that God chose me to live in this, this time, this area, uh, this decade, this time of life that God has chosen me to live here. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be living here today. I don't think I would have made a good cowboy. Uh, I don't think that I would have been uh, very good at a lot of things. I, don't, I like light. I don't like to have to have a, a candle or uh, a lantern to show me the way. Uh, I like having electricity. I'm so thankful as a young man, I've, I've really only got to see outhouses and not really had to experience them. Uh, so I'm really thankful that God just allowed me to live here today. Now, some of you will say, man, you don't know what you're missing. Them outhouses wasn't as bad as what people 
pretends they was. Well, they probably was if you was in one and somebody turned it over. <laughs> they used to do that. So, uh, and, and, and the day that you lived in, you know, I, I tell people all the time now that because the way that the world is, I said, man, our, uh, my kids are, not my kids, but my grandkids are going to miss what it was like growing up in the era that I did. And I'm sure you can tell me the same thing. But I don't know, Brother Randy hit the nail right on the head today. It doesn't matter how gloom and doom the world is and how bad things are. We've got Jesus. And I'm here today because I'm a product of what he created. And God so chose us, everybody in this auditorium, the Bible said before the foundations of the world ever come into existence that God knew you and that God created you. He formed you in your mama's womb. And so, man, we ought to be thankful that God chose us to live in the last of the last days. That we're that generation that very well could see the coming of the Lord. We are close to it. Now, whether we will be, I'd listen to me, I'd rather just be raptured out instead of going by the way of the grave. I'd just soon be up here and all of a sudden my britches lay down and I'm gone. I'd just soon go by the way of the rapture, Brother Randy. <laughs> I'm sure, sorry, that wasn't the right picture. <laughs> but you get what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a good life serving and living for the Lord. And, and, this, and, and this way of life is a good life. The Bible said the only thing that's hard is a way of a transgressor. But a Christian, it's a good life living for the Lord. And some of the men and women in the Bible, they, they, they got to understand and they figured it out and they realized that it was a good life living for the Lord. And Moses come to the end of his days and, and God says, Moses, you're going to have to go away, but I'm going to let Joshua take over your position and what you're doing. You brought him this far? I'm going to let you take them in. I'm going to let Joshua take them into the promised land. And that's exactly what happened. And so now we find ourselves in a place that Joshua in chapter 24 and verse 15, let me just read it and we'll get on with it. And if it seems evil, this is Joshua. He's old. He's fixing to leave this world. And he knows that his soon time to leave is his departure is really at hand. It's close. He ain't got very long left to live on the earth, so he's given out a, a commission to the children of Israel. He gathered them all together there, and they're talking, and he's talking with them, and he's sharing some stuff with them. And this is one of the things he shared. He said, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers Serve that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites and who the land you dwell. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, but as, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as I was thinking, Lord, can I have something together and make it kind of short, but yet get the point across and try to uh, 
get somebody something that they could take home with them that would be a benefit for the kingdom of God because I believe that everything that we do has purpose in it. I believe our life has purpose. I don't believe that we're just merely here and we exist, but I believe that God's got a plan for everybody's life. I don't believe that we're here to have babies and it's good that we do because I've got a bunch of them and uh, got a bunch of grandkids and I'm so thankful for that, but I believe that God has a greater plan for us. And I think the plan is, is to bring everybody into heaven that we can get. And Jesus did exactly that. Everything that Jesus did, he dealt with people. And so Joshua was telling these people, he said, listen, I took you as far as I can take you. But now today I'm leaving you. And you got to make a decision today. Who are you going to serve? And I thought about different men that has left. And I thought about different preachers, such as Billy Graham. And great preachers that has just left in recent years. Probably there's great men in the church of God that I don't have no way of knowing who they are, but I'm sure that they were some great men that has been gone and that's been gone a few years. And as some of these men has left and some of these patriarchs have left and you begin to see who's gonna step up to the plate and be the next one that will take a hold of the mantle and leave the church into another dimension or another direction, another uh, uh, a way that God wants us to go. But you know what I'm discovering? I'm not seeing too many pop up. I'm not seeing the Billy Grahams of this world pop up like they used to. Or back in the day, Oral Roberts and different ones that had done great things for the Lord we don't see men popping up like they used to. And it kind of scares me because now I see that we live in a, a time and we're in a decade right now and we're in a move across the America and really across the world where things are rapidly changing. Where I believe that things is accelerating faster and faster. And we see so much changing today than I seen five years ago. And so I begin to wonder and worry about where we at in all of this, God? What are we doing? And then now we, 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 we see that the election's coming up. We've got this, this virus that's here hanging, hanging around and, and they say it's rising instead of going down and, and people's getting it and it's real and we know it's real. And it seems like every little bit something happens. And there's a change taking place. Now we got signs that's all over the place that change is even getting scarce. People's having a hard time. Banks, my wife talked to her about it the other day. Some banks are having a hard time getting just change. And so when we hear that, then we think, uh-oh, it's getting ready to be the one world government. It's getting ready to be one world deal. And I'm saying all this because I'm trying to build something real quick, then I promise I'll vanish. But things that are happening and that's increasing, one of the things that scares me is, and I'll just cut it short here, but one of the things that bothers me is in Judges 2 and 10, and it kind of talked about things that was happening, and it said that there was a generation that had no 
knowledge or no knowing of the Lord. And they're talking about after Joshua died, there was a generation that come about that didn't even know the Lord. And so I'm wondering today that if the Kent Millers are the Pastor Randy and other ministers, when they fade out of this thing, who's going to take the mantle? Who are we leaving behind? Will that will we are we going to be that generation that's going to almost raise up a generation that doesn't want to have no dealings with the Lord? Because right now I'm kind of scared that's happening. And I'm not worried about Rhonda Burden, and I'm not worried about Kathy, and I'm not worried about these two here. I'm not worried about our brother here. I'm not worried about our pastor. I'm not worried about him. Because I believe these guys got enough in them that they're going to fight the fight. But what about our children? What will they have to face that we're gone? I'm 60, I'm 61. I know you can't believe it. And I'll be 62 next month. I know that's harder to understand. But it, it, it makes me worry what's going to happen to my children. And not just my children, but my grandchildren. It, 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 it frightens me in, in, a, in a fright that I'm worried. I don't want to leave because I feel like I'm their lifeline. You know what I mean? I feel like that they, they look to me as their lifeline to Jesus. And I know that, you know, I'm not a Catholic priest, so I know that, you know, we're not reaching there, but I know that they look to me. My girls, anytime there's a problem, they will call Connie and I and say, Dad, Mom, will you pray for us? I adopted an eight-year-old girl in September. She's my daughter. I worry about dying today. Not because I'm scared to go to heaven. I'm ready. But who's going to blaze the trail for Briley? Huh? Who's going to blaze the trail for your children? Honestly, when your parents are gone and when you're gone, who's going to do it? Are we going to, have, are we going to raise up a generation that they say, I didn't really experience God like my mom and dad did. And Joshua stood up firm and he said, listen, I'm not saying this about myself, Brother Randy. He said, I'm not saying this just for me, but he said, I'm telling you, far as me and my house. In other words, my children, their children. I, 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 I'm, they're going to serve the Lord. We're influencers tonight, folks. I refuse to let the enemy have any one of my children or my grandchildren. I could fight the good fight of faith, but if you're not here, what are you going to do? We need men and women and warriors that will raise up and fight in these last days. And if it's, if it's, if it's hard for some people to make it now, they're not going to make it in the next few years when it really gets hard. See, the Bible said there's going to come a time when people will not listen to sound doctrine. 
And it's also going to, it also says there's a time that's coming that the love of many is going to wax cold. There's also coming a time, believe it or not, that people will walk away from the faith because they'd rather enjoy the pleasures of this world for a season. And that's going to happen in the last days. What if I want to be like in, 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 in Revelation chapter 19, I want my children to be on that white horse that I'm going to be on. When Jesus is on his white horse and we come back on our white horses, I want my family to be there. And I'm not preaching gloom and doom tonight. I, I hated it because Brother Randy said so good that we had a great miracle. But I, was just, I just want us to know that if there's a generation that was raised up that didn't know God, and I feel so strongly to believe that, listen, it's not 50 years old, 50 year olds that's out there in the Black Lives Matters and different groups tonight that's fighting this thing. It's kids. It's kids. I said it's kids. It's teenagers without parents or parents that don't care. I seen a video yesterday, and it's probably worldwide on the video. But this little black girl was being beat up by two other black girls. And there was this boy coming, drop kicked, just a year or two old baby. Smacked it right in the head, kicked it. So we got a generation that's running wild. And it's up to us to make a difference today, church. Listen, we are still powerful. We are still strong. God has still given us authority tonight. We're not a weak church. We're not anemic church. We're a powerful church. And God said, God said that we have the power to ask anything in his name and he would do it. And listen, let me tell you something. Just the people that's in this church tonight, we can pray and agree and believe that God could send revival and change the nature of America today. And change the course of America today. Listen, God heard Moses said, listen, if you're going to kill them, you may as well kill me too. Jo I mean, not Joshua, but Moses got sincere with God and said, no, God, you can't do that. And if we would pray sincere with God, I believe God could turn things around. And Joshua was, Moses was fighting a battle and God held the sun up. For all long, long time for the war. And let me tell you, God can stop anything tonight if we have a group of believers that will just believe that God can do it. God's looking to us tonight, church. Will we be a generation that refuses to let our children go by the wayside? Or will we be a church and a, and a generation that will believe that as far as me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. My children is, I don't care if they're backslid today, you have the power in the name of Jesus to pray. He said, if you be faithful, he'll do what? I'll save your whole household. He's a God that will do anything tonight, church. He, you've got a covenant with God. You've got a covenant with God that he'll touch and he'll make a way where there seems to be none. Would you stand with me tonight? Because I just want to keep on going. But the Lord, the Bible said that Jesus will do anything that we asked. I refuse to let my children go to hell. I refuse to let my ch grandchildren not know Jesus. 
I refuse to let my neighbor not know Jesus. I refuse to let my co-workers not know Jesus. I refuse to let the enemy take anybody that, that Jesus wants to save. Listen, not everybody that Jesus come into contact with uh, accepted him. But let me tell you, not everybody's going to accept what we say. But there's somebody out there that needs Jesus tonight. There's a world that's lost, still lost. Jesus is still in the saving business. We get caught up on the COVID-19. We get caught up on the, the, the things that's happening in America. But let me tell you, Jesus is not worried about everything that's going on. He's still seeking those that are lost. And it's our job. The Bible said he or she that wins souls is wise. It's our job to take as many people today to heaven as we can. We get caught up in the hustle and bustle, and I do myself. I get caught up, I get caught up, I get caught up. My job, it allows me to do a lot of things, and there's a lot of people I pray for. I'm blessed to be able to do that. I'm out in the public every day, and I see people, and some people's good, and some people's not so good. But I always take an opportunity when somebody needs to know about Jesus to stop and say, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about this man, Jesus. Can I tell you today, church, you might have wayward children out there, but it's not over until God says it's over. Refuse to let the enemy have your kids. Refuse to uh, let the, the pressures and the daily living and the days that we live and just getting going through the motions of things. Refuse to get caught up in this world. Get, refuse to get caught up in the things of this world to where we forget what our mission is tonight. I said in the beginning, and I really truly mean this, we're here for such a time as this. We're here for a purpose tonight. And there's coming a time, folks. I don't know. I don't know. The government right now is trying to do a lot of things to stop a lot of things. They're trying to mandate a lot of things. And some may be good, some may not be so good. I don't know. There's churches already. Andy Stanley today, Charles Stanley's son, got up and said his churches, which is over 30,000 of them, they said, worldwide, refuses to have any more services until 2020 is over with. Listen, the enemy will try anything, folks, to stop us from doing a work for the Lord. But I made up my mind, whether I come to church or I don't, it's not going to stop me from serving the Lord. But some people's not so fortunate, folks. Some people ain't strong enough. Some people don't have the word enough. Some people don't got it in them tonight. That's the scary part of it. You know, you might be able to handle being without church for a while, but there's others that can't because they don't read, they don't pray, they don't study. The only church they get is from that man right there on Sundays and from Brother Miller on Sundays. That's all they get. That's their lifeline. You take that lifeline away from them, the world catches them. I'm, not, I'm just being honest about it tonight. I'm just being honest. I'm being trying to be real that we're, we're probably in a worse war and a worse fight than we've ever been in our Christian lives. We're probably in one of the worst battles that the church is getting ready to have to face. 
But all I know is that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And all I know is that the church is here, and as long as the church is here, there's hope. And when you take the church out, then there's going to be all kinds of chaos. We think it's crazy now. It ain't got crazy. So I want to challenge you tonight. And I, I want you to come, and, and, and if you would, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you'd come, we're going to say a little prayer, and we're just going to pray and just believe tonight that God will intervene upon our families, upon the church, upon those that's lost. I, I just feel an urgency about uh, souls and, and people coming into this thing. I, I believe that it's, it's time that we just arise. We've got a great opportunity out there. And while I'm talking, if you would, just make your way up, those that would come and pray.